How are we doing on that Christmas display? Do we have the sale codes up yet? Uh, it's only July. Do, do we need to be focusing on Christmas yet? It's July. That means Canada Day is over, and we've already more than started the What If the War of 1812 Went Differently 4th of July sale. Of course we should be focusing on Christmas now. Well, it's just that there's still Labor Day, uh, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Okay, you were supposed to have those proposals in by February. What, you think a Halloween display is easy to plan? You can't just use the same purple and orange color scheme every year. Well, actually, uh, the last five years. Uh... Last year's theme was plum and pumpkin. My God, do I have to do everything? Well, I just don't really see what difference it makes. I I mean, we sell the same assortment of men's big and tall formal kilts year-round. Oh, for the love of... Okay. Do you think we can just sell rayon twill in October? And viscose drape? Oh, that's definitely only a May product. Speaking of which, your May Day slash Cinco de Mayo display was crap. Sorry? You know what? You're fired. If you don't understand the necessity of constant holiday themes, I can't work with you. Ever noticed how stores start advertising holidays way in advance? What is that? It's not necessary. Just stop. Okay, you're fired too. Yes, come to see you. I say now, Benson, Benson, Joe. Welcome to episode 152 of the Up for Discussion podcast, a show that doesn't really matter, except when it super duper does. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Adrian Schoen. And I'm drinking a glass of water, and I'm David Hall. Hey, David. Welcome our, back. Our Hello. special little buddy. Our, I'm, I'm the special little buddy? <laughs> David's yeah. our littlest buddy and our specialist friend. I thought it was because you couldn't find anybody else. That too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. It's good. It's it's good to be back, Tom. Oh, thanks for coming, joining us, and doing ads for every, every time of week that we have a show. You're an ads man. <laughs> thanks. For that. I'm the ads man. He's our ass cat. You're our regular Don Draper. That's, that, <laughs> is that for Mad Men? Yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> I got a reference, boys. He did it. Sound the reference ding alarm. Ding Burr. ding ding. <laughs> it's been a long day <laughs> i'm so glad that the moment I, I i sit down at this table the quality of the show just goes like this is terrible but it gets down to that low part yeah yeah. there's nothing but silence for a beat oh yeah it's a satisfying rumble is what i'm saying I don't know what that was. It's the death knell of the worst episode ever. Ah, there we go. (laughs) I don't think think you've listened to enough of our back catalog if you think this is going to be the worst episode ever. We had one once where Tim and I just sat in silence for like 15, 20 seconds multiple times and I kept all of that in. So you're a monster. I'm a monster. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. uh, kind of uh, following in the steps of, of giants. There's a, very sadly uh, a man named Joe Frank died last week. I don't know Joe if you Frank. know who that is. Nope. 
He's like this guy who you probably never heard of, but people that you have heard of love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So, uh, like, he was a big influence on Ira Glass and, um, like, listen, uh, uh, the Night Vale is very, like, I think there's a heavy influence there on that. Okay. Uh, he did these really absurdist uh, monologues. He was on the radio for like 30 years. I feel like I should know this person. Yeah, me too. Oh, he's amazing. Uh, the, the Probably the reason you never heard of him is that they put his catalog on his website, which you can go to joefrank.com, but it uh, they put it behind a pretty steep paywall, although mm. there oh. is some free stuff that you can access. Um, but I, it, some of his stuff is just amazing. And he did a... a a mixture of audio dramas and these the monologues are my favorite but uh just odd collectives of things he's he's got one called um eye in the sky where he does this uh he's a news helicopter like traffic reporter and for like 20 minutes he does this whole thing where he reads the the traffic report from the the helicopter but it keeps escalating every single uh, accident just gets more and more horrific and every like every little a uh, report he does ends like is punctuated by, so I wouldn't go that way <laughs> <laughs> until the end. It's like the apocalypse and the the helicopter is crashing down into an explosion in a wasteland. And he's talking about the Dalai Lama gave him this advice this one time, and uh, he was just a brilliant like, man. Was, so was the advice not to go that way? Well, he dies before, <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't go that way. Well. <laughs> Shout out to everyone who didn't yeah. go that way. <laughs> and rest in peace, Joe Frank. Yeah, so I just my little shout out if you've never listened to him, maybe try to try to find something of his because he, he was great. Sounds good. That's I, the kind of legacy you want to leave behind. Don't go that way? No, no. A legacy where people say the paywall is worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, I know it's going to cost you twenty buck ninety nine to listen to him, but do it. See the see that's that's small that's small potatoes. Small see, you're potatoes. D- very small roasted potatoes that taste really good with itty, bitty tater tots. <laughs> exactly, because you need to have a paywall at your funeral. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> you have to have an usher. Who has just like, like it just has like a gashapon machine <laughs> that like admit that has the admit it one and it's like a giant machine and then you put your coin in which you have to like buy in advance because it's yeah. a special coin that's commemorative. Commem- <laughs> exactly, they squash one of your pennies and turn it into like a special disc to then put into the gashapon machine to get your seating. Hmm. At the funeral. Very exclusive. Well, Very and then exclusive. You can use those tokens to get your way across the river Styx. Greek mythology joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Sharon's not actually going to be there when you die. He's busy waiting in line at the gashapon machine to get it, to get it, his seat. My question is, can the usher be actual usher? Ooh. Because <laughs> that would justify the expensive funeral. You know, that guy's booking rates are spancy. That's what I want my legacy uh, to be when I die. That usher is an usher at my funeral. <laughs> Here lies Adrian. She got usher to usher her funeral. <laughs> the one you're at currently. Usher, if you're epitaph. listening, just just hit me up. We can make this happen. <laughs> I'm into it. 
Should we get into Patreon? Let's do it. Hey, folks. Here at Up for Discussion, we really love what we do. We love interacting with your questions, talking with each other, and the relationships that emerge between hosts, writers, and listeners. Podcasting really creates a special kind of community, and we're so happy that we get to be part of this one. We always want to spend all our time working on and creating a better and better show for you, but things like work and bills get in the way. Even the little donations on Patreon help us be able to spend a little more time on giving our show a little more quality. So if you have a bit of spare cash lying around, even as little as $1 a month. $1 a month. One. You, you could do that. Yeah. What are you doing, people, with your keeping your dollars? Just go on your couch every month and find a dollar. Yeah. And say, like, up for discussion. This is this is for you. We are the inside of, of your, your couch. Dirty lint and <laughs> breadcrumbs and potato chips. Give me all your chip crumbs. You can <laughs> head over. To, he hasn't eaten in days. Yucky. You can head over to patreon.com slash up for discussion and throw it our way. Every little bit of money or chip crumbs helps keep us going. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Candice, Eric, Carlea, Thomas, George, and Alex. If you give at least $5 a month, you get to tell us what to talk about once per cycle on the show. If you pledge $25 a month, you can hop on a Skype call with me once a month. At the $30 level, Adrian will coach your life. That's right. At the $50 level, David will record awesome customized ads for you to play during episodes of our show. I will. And, <laughs> and there's a whole lot of other cool stuff. So check it out at patreon.com slash up for discussion. Who does our first Patreon topic come from? Kendallin, <gasps> who says... Wow. January is that awkward period between New York and New Year's. That's the thing. <laughs> New York. New Year's. And Valentine's Day. Where, where you can get your New Year's. <laughs> Welcome to New York City. <laughs> where there's nothing else really going on. How do you feel about stores preparing for holidays sooner than necessary? I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like. <laughs> See, I personally really like this question. Just for the beginning part. <laughs> January is that awkward period between <laughs> New Year's and Valentine's Day. I have never once in my life considered a month to be an awkward period of time. <laughs> Ooh, this month this is, is real awkward. <laughs> I mean, like, to say that they... But, like, if you analyze it, so they're saying, like, this time and, and between this amount... This time and that time, this between time, what even is it? I don't even know it's how to the do between, this. It's the between time. I love January because January is the one month where I feel the least broke because I'm done paying my last year's taxes after December. I don't have to buy Christmas presents. I feel like I make a little bit more money in January. Like I get my year end bonus. Mm. January is a good month for me. Yeah. I don't find it awkward at all. Well, and uh, Kendallin's American, right? Yeah. You go, girl. Uh <laughs> represent <laughs> what she would be shocked by uh, as i was that uh thanksgiving is a different time of year here so you guys get started on christmas like immediately <laughs> oh yeah that's true it, we, do, we have worse. real thanksgiving oh no 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 i mean i just do two thanksgivings yeah. i mean i'm just jewish <laughs> i'm gonna sip my water and not understand what thanksgiving's about yeah not a player in this <laughs> jews never give thanks is that what eh. you're saying? Eh. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Fair enough. Because it's like, it doesn't have like any religious significance and like hmm. all national holidays are like, all right, cool. It's a thing people do. Yeah. Fair enough. But the way I know that American Thanksgiving is the real Thanksgiving is no Canadian has been able to adequately tell me why they celebrate it. And 
I'm like, where are your pilgrims? Where's your whole story with the big meal and the giving thanks? Nothing. You guys got nothing. <laughs> I mean. It's a copycat holiday, and I will not have it. <laughs> what if What if I told you that you could have both? What if I told you that you could just have an excuse to eat Thanksgiving-style food <laughs> a month and a half early every year, oh, in addition I, to I, your actual Thanksgiving? I grew up a child of divorce. I've done three Thanksgiving meals in a day. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you have three parents married to each other? How does that work? No, you do the the mother, father, and then like a boyfriend. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And then just jumping around trying to not offend people by like, I really, I want to eat no more turkey. I don't, I don't care for anything more. <laughs> but was the boyfriend Canadian? Because then it could have also been two American Thanksgivings and one Canadian Thanksgiving. And then it would have been really confusing but for everyone. But that would not have been three in one day. Maybe yeah. they're really bad at telling time. <laughs> I thought it was October 14th. It turns out it's November 27th. What I don't an know. awkward month. <laughs> <laughs> that, October to November is that awkward period between Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, but... Uh, so I went to the pharmacy today uh, that is also a post office, and I noticed that they already have um, Valentine's Day stuff on oh, this yeah. part. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I you know, didn't buy any chocolate this time, but I made a note that tomorrow when I get paid, I'm going to buy some chocolate. Not as a Valentine's gift, just as a little prezi to myself. <laughs> See, for me, I'm just like, oh, mental note. Uh, they're putting out the chocolate. I will remember to buy this. After Thanksgiving, after after Thanksgiving, and after Valentine's Day, in one month. <laughs> I don't do anything with Valentine's Day. Like, if, I would honestly just think that it's coming up, right? Like that it's probably this week, <laughs> no. and then I would dismiss it and not think about it. I just want to point out that I had to spend a solid moment trying to remember what the actual date for Valentine's Day was. It's uh, February fourteenth. Yeah. Yep. But are you saying that with any degree of certainty? I am positive. Okay. But I, I, only, I only remember it because <laughs> I knew a guy whose birthday was Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. And for some reason, the two being on the same date locked it into my mind. Hmm. Yeah. It's like how I always remember that Labor Day is the first Monday of September because I was born on one. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. It's very convenient. That'll do it. We, people who are born on holidays... Do we feel bad for them? Yes. Okay. I think it depends on the holiday. Like, Does it though? Yeah, I guess like Labor Day, you feel worse for the the mom who went into labor and got joked at by all the nurses. <laughs> 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 oh, you're not in labor yet. <laughs> uh, better not wear white tomorrow. <laughs> and spit take successful. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I, I always feel bad for people whose birthday is like gift giving holidays for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they get doubled up and kind of forgotten about. Yeah, like doubled up as in they get double the presents because I th- I feel like it's the opposite. No, yeah, it's you get uh, one present for. Oh, you get two. a dual gift, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like if my like if my kid's birthday was Christmas Day, mm-hmm. I would just really intentionally like start buying presents in like July. And be like, okay, I got half the gifts now, and I'm going to get the other half closer to Christmas so that you can have twice as many gifts. You know what I mean? Because mm. you got to actually have, like, you can't you can't shortchange your kid for having a shitty birthday. You can't if mean, you're you shitty can. parents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are they on the good list or the naughty list? <laughs> My kid? Probably the naughty list. Let's be real. Yeah. I feel bad for kids of military families born on Veterans Day. 
Oh, yeah. I feel bad for kids of military families. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Full stop. It's a good good way to put it. Uh, Oh, no. I didn't even mean for that to be dark. I just meant, like, (laughs) your parents believe in a shitty system. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say I support our our troops and our veterans. (laughs) I support our veterans. Mm. I have mixed feelings about. I really like this water. This water is <laughs> really, really good. Have you ever had like a really good cup of water? Not in January. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what a bad month for water. <laughs> uh, but I think like the whole when people complain about stores preparing early for holidays, I feel like those people don't recognize that like that's just kind of what you got to do. You know, if you run a retail business, you have to always, you want to be ahead of things. You want to start your promo as early as it feels appropriate. I will say, however, there is a point when too early is in fact too early. I once went to, I think it was like a dollar store on October 30th. Uh I was trying to pick up shit for a Halloween costume. Uh They had Christmas stuff out already. I think Dollar stores have holiday things year round because they just. (laughs) This one had only Christmas stuff and I'm scouring for Halloween things. (laughs) There was nothing. I feel like that's a fancy dollar store if they can afford to have like holiday specific things. Yeah, seasonal. Well, I mean, all dollar stores do this. No, but I mean like, like a seasonal inventory I feel like is not something I've ever seen at a dollar store. I feel like they have the same shit year round and they just accommodate all the seasons yeah. i mean man this one i was really desperate for like uh for anything i was going to a halloween party oh and no. there was only christmas stuff then dress as Santa claus you can be santa for halloween halloween i did i did pick up a beard and see may have spray spray painted it black and then was also a blinken there we go <laughs> and i was like who is santa with a black beard <laughs> Blackbeard Pirate Santa, Tom. <laughs> of course. The famous crossover costume. <laughs> Yar! Here's a present. Yeah, the, the only problem with starting Christmas too early is that the music gets grating. But Halloween, they can start as early as they want. Halloween's fantastic. I get that. I mean, Halloween... My problem with starting Halloween sales too early is that you change your mind about your costume. Right. Like if, if you buy your costume in like mid-September, by Halloween, you might be like, I don't want to be this guy. I want to be Blackbeard Santa pirate. <laughs> As somebody who went looking for a costume on the 30th of October, <laughs> I don't change my mind. I make a decision on the 29th <laughs> and try to figure it out by the 31st. Right. Yeah. I, I guess that's I guess that's more of a, a kid problem. Like I remember when I was a kid, I would tell my mom for months leading up to Halloween, like, oh, I want to be Spider-Man for Halloween this I never wanted to be Spider-Man. Fuck that. I want to be Pikachu <laughs> for Halloween this year. And she'd be like, all right, I'm going to start working on your Pikachu costume. It's August. And then by October, I'd be like, I want to be a fucking shark. <laughs> <laughs> never a shark. I was a sunflower seed one year and people thought I was a shark. What? Like a whole seed. I was a whole sunflower seed. Just a big, like. Shell and everything. Yeah, yeah. With the stripes, you know. Was this your idea? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like 10 <laughs> Concerning Can you please explain to me why Oh it was when Hemtaro was a thing 
Do you remember Hamtaro? I do remember Hamtaro <laughs> very well, and I remember the relevancy to Sunflower Seeds yeah. with that show. However, I will question, why a Sunflower Seed <laughs> and not Hamtaro? <sighs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> You know that you know that character I really like from the TV show I really like? Yeah, I want to be its food. <laughs> My Garfield-inspired lasagna costume. <laughs> There's a chili cheese dog the following year. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Gotta, gotta go fast. Uh, what, what were your, uh, your best Halloween costumes? Mm, I was a larva once. Wow. My mom made the costume out of like material. I don't remember the outside material, but it was like stuffed with bubble wrap. So it was big and like poofy on the top and it like stayed up. It was you know, really that's gross also looking. food for another thing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern. <laughs> I was a bat once. <laughs> May also be food for another thing. Yeah, I need one. You ever be a pizza? No. Should have. Maybe you should. There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> I had a great lazy Halloween costume once in high school where I just threw on like a ratty trench coat and carried around a deck of playing cards and threw them at people and told them I was Gambit. <laughs> That's pretty good. Was it in January? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even Halloween. <laughs> I was just bored. <laughs> the awkwardest of months. <laughs> Actually, that year, one guy I went to high school with came dressed as Saran Man, uh, and he wrapped his entire torso in Saran wrap um, and just walked around basically shirtless until the principal told him to, you know, take it off. And what he didn't think about was that his sweat would get trapped under the Saran wrap, so he took it off and was just soaking wet. (laughs) Oh, that's unpleasant. Yep. That's a little icky. Yep. How about you? Best Halloween costume? Yeah. I mean... You know the conversation you had with about your mom being like, Ma, I want to be this for Halloween. Yeah, I had that conversation with my mom. She was like, like David, we're Jewish. Just stop. Stop it. Okay, no. so what was your best Purim costume? <laughs> there we go. Let's get the holidays in correctly. Thank you, Tom. I'm sorry. Um, You're welcome. I think my favorite costume that I came up with was actually a Halloween costume. And I think it may have been that Abraham Lincoln costume. Because I put a lot of effort into making Abraham Lincoln a zombie and okay. pulling a big bullet hole in his forehead. Oh. Ooh, with like stage makeup? With a lot of stage makeup. Nice. There was a lot of makeup involved. And this was like at this like second year of theater school. Mm. So I was like, I have trained for this. <laughs> I have I'm ready. Yeah. Well you gotta use what you got, right? Yeah. yeah. It was not a it was not a good time though. No. No. Uh, but did learn that if you feel like you're going to be a sloppy boy, drunk boy at a party, make a costume that has a hat. Oh, oh! sloppy boy, drunk boy is my favorite superhero. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. He made an appearance. Did you know that by, by night he is sloppy boy, slop boy, but by day he is zombie Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. Did not. Yep. The more you know. How about you, Adrian? Uh, I used to get real into Halloween, so I, I have a few favorites. But uh, a few years ago, this was my like low-budget, last-minute costume. I was a, a vampire puppeteer, so the puppet was a, a vampire, and I had been bitten. So I was the victim of the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. More food for other things. <laughs> so the best Halloween costume, which was definitely Kendallin's question, is to dress as the food of the thing. <laughs> 
But also, I think we don't really mind when stores do the thing that they do because they're a business and I'm a human. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I think you need to just like embrace it, you know? Yeah. You can say, okay, well, if they're already selling this thing I don't need for another month, maybe I'll just stock up. Well, and if if you want to rebel against, you know, just for your own entertainment, uh, my friends used to do something that I always liked where instead of like birthday cards, they would go and find the most obscure card that they could get and then give that instead. So they get like happy secretary's day in Spanish or, you know, like just whatever the, the most absurd thing that they could find. So just maybe seek out those unusual, you know, like dig through the, the Valentine's day collection and find something that just tickles your fancy. The really, really (laughs) dusty Hallmark cards. Congrats on the birth of your newborn nephew. Right. <laughs> Happy birthday also. Hey, how is a good meal like an interesting person's brain? They're both rich and nourishing. True, but wrong answer. Uh, you can get a lot out of them. True again, but still not what I was getting at. Both look appetizing when plated up with an elegant garnish. Odd, but I, I guess there's a lot of ways a brain is like a meal. But the most important similarity is that they're both things George Poppy digs into in his talk show podcast, Digging In. Up for Discussion is sponsored by Digging In, a show where host George Poppy, the smartest, hungriest podcaster on the planet, invites interesting guests over to enjoy a home-cooked meal while talking about their passions. It will make you laugh, cry, salivate, and wish you had both a tasty meal and a deep, complex mind. Check out Digging In, available on iTunes and Google Play. Digging In. For hungry bellies and hungry minds. Our next question comes from Instagram. Did you guys know you can send us questions on Instagram? I didn't even know there was an Instagram. Well, let me tell you about Instagram, David. It's a popular photo sharing application for smartphones that includes all kinds of fun filters you can layer over your photos and uh, editing tools and whatnot. And people really seem to like it. Do they? Yeah. How how much do they like it, Tom? Um, so much so that they sometimes send us questions uh, at Down With Talking on Instagram. <laughs> Seems very uncomfortable talking about Instagram, Tom. <laughs> they don't sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not my preferred social media platform. <laughs> oh, this is why, Tom. This is why. Why? Because you don't, you don't give them a chance. Tell you what, Instagram, if you sponsor us, I'll make you my new favorite platform. <laughs> but until then, Twitter, what's up? Uh, our Instagram question comes from Sarah Angelica. Spoilers, the only person who's ever gotten at us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah wants to know, who are our least favorite singers? So, um, fuck, of course I'm blanking on this guy's name. Rufus Wainwright. Oh, I, I like I like the cigarettes and milkshakes. Is that a song? That's a song I think he does I think that so. I like. I, I find his voice really grating. That's my jam. I like yeah. whiny, okay. um, indie, emo, sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because he like he has this like he he's definitely skilled, but he's a little too whiny for me. Mm. Where like I feel like if he wasn't whiny, he'd have this beautiful, like operatic voice almost, mm. but he just has this like whine to him that I can't tolerate. Oh, that's that's my favorite part. Um, I, I'm gonna say my least favorite singers are uh, Lutheran congregations. <laughs> <laughs> Please, for the love of God, elaborate on that. <laughs> I grew up going to. I went to like a Lutheran school, and it's just such a joyless drone of flat. Just I, there's no. 
enthusiasm or skill in it. It's just... Sounds like youth choir to me. Sounds like Rufus Wainwright. (laughs) I thought that'd be your jam. No, I get that. I feel like congregational singing is almost never good. Hey. 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 That offends me. Makes me sad. Yeah. I did sing for choir for a year. I got paid for it. I think that the choir is probably great. And then the congregation singing along to the choir. Oh, yeah. No, that's terrible. Yeah. Because they don't. Yeah. (laughs) The answer to that. So would you qualify them as singers, though? I mean, they're singing. Yeah. If they're participating. Yeah. Which they probably aren't. They're doing at the bass level. And all the hymns are written so that everything's within like this five note range so that they can kind of just drone flatly on sort of, you know, without going out of their comfort zone. (laughs) So it's just kind of talking in a a, an elongated form. As it should be. Oh, no. Is it my turn to speak of singers that I am aware of? Yeah. Who's a singer that you know exists that you don't like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that I, I don't know, is the answer that I'm going to roll with for right now. But I'm going to say Bob Dylan. You don't like Bob? I like, see, I like Bob Dylan's music. I just really hate his voice. It's polarizing. I, I don't much care for it either. I don't like Bob Dylan. Can you do the rest of the episode in that voice? I mean, is this what you want? Not. (laughs) Specifically. I mean. (laughs) See, that's the thing I don't like. And like, I understand that there is a tone and a quality to it that is interesting Mm -hmm. and that can sound good (laughs) i think i like bob dylan for his lyrics and for like the feeling of his songs more than for his voice for sure Mm -hmm. so not a great singer yeah well it's like (laughs) my favorite artist is elvis costello elvis Uh, costello doesn't really have a good voice Mm. but he's great you shut your mouth he's a beautiful (laughs) voice sings like an angel (laughs) he's like I, I, I'm going to give a soft disagree to that one. I, I saw him live, though, a couple of years ago uh, at Place des Arts. It was the best show I've ever been to. He's phenomenal, super talented. Um, but yeah, like, you know, his his voice is just fine. Like, it's, you know, he's he's more of a songwriter than a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, you know, humble about that and one of the first to admit it. So I, you know, I appreciate that. But you get that with like uh, Leonard Cohen or, you know, Tom Waits. I'm, I'm not sure what his deal is, but <laughs> I'm not sure if he actually sounds like that or if he just like puts that voice on. I, I don't know. It's great. It's totally fantastic. But... One in the same. <laughs> like maybe Tom Waits is actually just a really good voice actor. I mean, I don't know. It could be. It seems like if it was not natural, it would hurt. Yeah. I mean, it might even hurt <laughs> if it's natural that's very possible right? i definitely i've known people who speak in ways that like damage their voice regularly so that they end up like losing their voice like on a weekly basis oh. um, that's because people don't know how to talk yeah people well, don't know what their middle range is and just refuse to operate within it yeah i had a roommate once who was a um, speech pathologist 
or a speech pathology student. Okay. Yeah. Student at the time. Now she's working. Um, and she explained glottal fry to us once, which is, you know, what my voice is currently doing Mm -hmm. as opposed to when I'm up here and it doesn't do that. And I sound really smooth and healthy. Um, and And also like you have something rammed up your butt. (laughs) I definitely do. Um, and she, she was basically telling us that, you know, people who speak with too much glottal fry end up losing their voice a lot quicker and like it it's not healthy for you and it, you know you can get like real problems so the thing you was, do that uh, every fourth word yeah exactly i thought that was disputed that it was uh, not damaging it might not be damaging i i don't know i mean uh, that's what she told us so. we, we, yeah I, I think that was a, a common belief i don't know I, it may be true i i'm certainly not an expert but because that was a really big um issue for mm. female radio uh announcers right uh, because it has become very common uh, in um, modern speech to have that that vocal fry, right. but older generations, like I don't even hear it, and I I constantly do it, but um, older generations think of it as that kind of valley girl thing, so mm. they it, they associate it with being kind of dumb or frivolous, and um, also like men who are unaccustomed to listening to women talk really hated it and um there was it just had a visceral reaction so there were certain radio shows that had actual um automatic emails set up looking for certain keywords about people complaining about female announcers just to send them a thing like shut the fuck up wow (laughs) (laughs) so specifically specifically taking issue with like female radio hosts who had too much fry it was, vocal fry was just one of the things that they complained about a lot. Okay. Uh, up talking. Um, there, there are just certain things that are very common um, in, in everybody. Like right. I, Ira Glass has vocal fry. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't bother people only for whatever reason when hmm. women do it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely some patriarchy bullshit. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, like that, that's the thing. Like um, Not patriarchy. The... Uh, glottal fry is like not yeah i don't know for sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing but it's definitely a thing you can control and like train in yourself yeah Mm -hmm. um and i think everyone kind of learns to speak differently from who they hear and who they imitate and like i knew one kid who um i say kid because it was like four or five years ago and he was a teenager uh who (laughs) he i think he was in like like the navy or something some kind of like training navy thing for teens okay the teen navy (laughs) and he um and navy camp yeah and this was when i was working at a summer camp um he was in my cabin and he shouted all the time because he was so used to having to shout all the time at his like other kind of campy that sounds reasonable Uh, and by the end of the first day of camp he had lost his voice completely And nice. it was like, just sounded so like rough and dry the, the whole rest of the week. And I was like, dude, your your whole life is going to be like this if you don't like learn how to speak like a person. Well, the thing is, is that uh, the more we hang around people, the more mannerisms and vocal patterns and cadences we take on. Hmm. Yep. Like I have noticed like with uh, like I used to go to private school and everyone like had a certain way of talking or whatever. And then the moment I went to college everyone talked differently and everyone was different. And I was like, all right, I don't know how to talk anymore. (laughs) I'm going to just listen for a bit and figure it out on my own. Um, And even like whenever uh, I'm with a new partner, let's say like, I will notice that one vocabulary changes completely on its head, but also like just uh, mannerisms and like some inarticulates also get added in. Right. So like, 
Like the, those kind of sounds. <laughs> Specifically that one. When it's just like, nah, I don't want to do that. No. Yeah. That's when vocal fry is okay, by the way. Like yeah. whenever whenever using vocal fry to get out of doing a thing, mm. um, your body actually helps you do that sound because your body also doesn't want to do the thing. It's an adaptive reflex that... Yeah. Um, helps you get out of doing stuff yeah it's a it, it's it's from our evolutionary traits when cavemen were like no, wanna do <laughs> they were whining and <laughs> exactly. their parents I, yeah. i've always wondered because I, I love the transatlantic uh accent which is like an old-timey movie it's like makes no sense to me <laughs> how this just became the convention because yeah. the britain sounded cool i guess it's not even British, like, because Cary Grant has, like, the most transatlantic of all accents, and he, he was British, and then he was in a movie where he played a Cockney, like, uh, character. He's Cockney, and he's not doing a Cockney accent anymore, and it's, I'm like, why can't he do it? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the weirdest uh, things that happened uh, with old-timey radio and media. It's just, like, yeah. everyone needs to sound this way. Can you give us a transatlantic accent? Welcome to the world of the future. I'm Cary Grant. That's not a well, it's like that old. <laughs> it's, it's like the, it's that the... old timey voice you hear yeah. on the radio, kids. It's oh, like yeah. that voice you hear. And it's like it's the old timey radio voice. Pretty much. And it's just like you hear like these Americans talking with yeah. very like they're clearly American. Right. But they have subtler R's. They have rounder vowels. Is that the Kennedy? Is it the Kennedy? No, accent? Kennedy's on his own planet. He's on Ken- his own planet. Kennedy yeah. is the Kennedy. But like if you remember do you, do you remember streetcars? Named the the Do you remember streetcar? I remember streetcars. Do you Do you remember the one named Desire though? Yeah. And do you remember Marlon Brando in that? Oh yeah. He doesn't have it in that, does he? He's got a little bit. I I would say so, but maybe I'm crazy. But like I remember that being like a staple like good thing for like if you were analyzing transatlantic yeah. accents, like that is a good piece of media for it. Definitely. I, I have all these uh, great videos that I, I pull off of YouTube of like old newsreels. Oh, God. Jumping Jupiter. Look at him fly. <laughs> like, I, I, I could listen to it all day. But it makes me wonder how much because that was clearly like a stage um, practice. Yeah. No, they, but, they were trained. to. But do when that. you listen to like call in shows or people on uh, game shows or something from the 50s, 60s, they do kind of talk like that. And I can't tell how much they're putting it on or how much that did influence the way that people talked. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like in my personal experience, when I listen to one voice talking for a long time, I start to talk more like that voice. Right? I do it too, yeah. So I feel like probably if that was the voice they heard in media back then, it would make sense for them to start adapting it for themselves yeah. too. So do we sound the way we sound because we hear ourselves the most? <laughs> I mean, maybe, right? <laughs> so what if I stopped talking and I just listened to you talk for a year I think and I you... never said anything? Would I then sound like you when I opened my mouth to say, oh God, why have I done this experiment? This is the worst. You might. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, I definitely like, I mean, especially, you know, talking not for a living, but talking for a thing that I do on a weekly basis in a recorded setting where I listen back to it you a bunch mean of the times. dungeon? Yeah, exactly. Talking in the dungeon. Yeah. Um, no, but, you know, doing, doing podcast stuff, like, I hear my own voice a lot more than I normally would, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and as a voice actor, I'm sure I hate you it. do too. Right? I hate it. And it's the worst. I feel like you... 
we have this unique opportunity where we can hear ourselves enough that we start to understand our own speech patterns mm-hmm. and we can force ourselves out of them or we can decide which ones to lean into. Yeah. And it's so much more fun. Oh, no, it's so much fun to play with it, especially when you are hearing hearing it back and like you have that uh, direct feedback mm-hmm. for what for how you actually sound. And it allows you to do a lot of play with it. But at the same time, it's also one of the worst things in the world. <laughs> do you, either of you, have a moment where you remember speaking up to a microphone and you heard your own voice and you went, ah! Yes. Who's this? Please, please tell me the story because mine is so vivid in my mind, especially I have dedicated my craft to needing to know how I sound. It's just awful. Yeah. I, I find in live, in live settings. Mm-hmm. It's more of a problem. Uh, and I think that's because with these headphones on, like I've got the bass boosted a little bit. Yeah. So that what we're hearing sounds nicer to us. Uh, whereas in a live setting, like your voice is not going to be bassy because usually like sound engineers in live settings cut the bass a little bit. So there's less feedback. Mm-hmm. So you get just the high end of your voice when you go up to speak in like a church or, you know, a conference room or something. And I hate it. I can't stand it because I'm like, no, my voice sounds like this. It is chocolatey and low. <laughs> Can you remember the first time that you had that experience, though? Uh, In a live setting, it was probably just doing a reading at church. In a recorded setting, it was recording, like, a shitty video for, like, a high school project, you know. And (laughs) I was also probably, like, 13, so it it was exceptionally high and terrible. (laughs) And you? You know, I I think I'm more critical of myself and... and, um, my thinking of how I come off in like video or cause I used to record myself dancing sometimes to see, you know, what it looked like. Yeah. And, uh, I would watch and I go, I'm not as terrible as I think I am. And I think what's uh, that like, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to think that you're terrible all the time. And then you're like, I look like, okay. Um, and so that's usually my reaction to things. I think my, my voice sounds both deeper and more pinched than I think it does. So when I hear it back, I hear a little bit of that, but um, I, I don't like recoil. I had the worst reaction <laughs> to the first time I heard my own voice as other people were hearing it. Mm. I was maybe 11 or 12 years old. I was in elementary school. Mm. And I remember uh, I was in the general assembly in the auditorium or the gym actually it was it was the gym yeah and they were asking a question i wish i remembered what the question was but i raised my hand to at, to ask to answer it and they gave me the microphone and i said um it's and then i immediately stopped cuz i heard the most horrific sound back <laughs> <laughs> like i was like it's like when you do speech jamming and you yeah. hear your own voice back at you as you're trying to say something and your brain just like halts is like, what was that? Yeah. I don't understand what is happening. I froze and went, how is it? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and there was an audible. Ah! <laughs> and it and it just sounded so high pitched, whiny and shitty. And I hated every moment of it. And every time I sit down at, at my sp- in my space to record anything, mm. and I have to like sit back and like jam my he- my headphones up to my ears because I have shitty headphones, I'm just like ramming them so I get sound. Yeah, I think back on that, and yeah. I hate everything. So now you've got me thinking, and 
Am I wrong to say that my voice sounds like Chippendale has an ant that smoked for a real long time? You mean Slappy Squirrel? <laughs> Maybe. That is. Oh, no, that's not Chippendale. No, it's no. not. But, but that's the first character that fit that description that yeah. made sense. But she was it. a little bit more, you know. You don't smoke nearly as much. <laughs> I think you could I think you could voice that character, but I think that you're more critical of yourself than maybe than you need to be. Does that mean she would stop? Like like I think that if you you could lean into that and do oh, that yeah, character yeah. really well. Oh, I do it all the time. Every time I, I, I like to fix a drink called a brandy stinger. It's like it's like <laughs> drinking a cigarette, like a nice menthol. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Slappy squirrel. Yeah, that's it. You can you can get that voice very easily. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Should we move on to our final? A final question. There's a final question. Mm -hmm. David, do you want to read this one? I can, but someone needs to point it to me on the copy. It's it's from Twitter, which is Tom's favorite social media platform. None of this Instagram, Facebook bullshit. Oh, it's this one. And this (laughs) one is asked by at play the mind. Is poutine healthier than moussaka? (laughs) Why would you ask me to read this? Did you just want me to say moussaka? Moussaka. Moussaka. And I don't... On some level, I don't think I'm being culturally insensitive because you made your words sound funny. That's not on me, universe. Interestingly, I did some research into what moussaka is before the show. Did you really? And by that, you mean just now? No, earlier. uh, Maybe an hour before you got here. Wow. Why didn't you tell me? Because I wanted to see how you would do. Um, So I've had moussaka before, but I was like, I don't really know anything about it. Is it meat? Uh, It can be. There can be meat. Um, Here's the thing. Moussaka is fucking nonsense. (laughs) I'm going to say it right now. Moussaka is, it's a Mediterranean dish, which means that every Mediterranean culture has a different version of it. Uh, All right. I'm with you so far. The, the core thing, it's essentially, it's like a Mediterranean lasagna. Uh, Only instead of cheese, you have potatoes and instead of meat and other layered noodles, you have like roasted eggplant and okay. like sometimes ground beef. So nothing oh, like lasagna. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Mediterranean lasagna, but incorrect. Some people serve it hot. Some people serve it cold. But uh, it's like a layered casserole, like a yeah. ratatouille or something. Uh, okay. Like that. But yeah. what are like the staple ingredients? Though? What are like the cornerstones of moussaka? Potatoes, I think, is the only... <laughs> The only thing that's consistent is that everyone does it with potatoes. Well, potatoes are delicious. I I am unfamiliar with this dish, uh, but it sounds great. It's pretty good. I think I I rank it as, I rank it below lasagna Mm. and below shepherd's pie and below, I I think of all of the things that it is like, it is the least of all of them. Well, you did say it was bullshit. It's bullshit. (laughs) It's It's bullshit. It might be bullshit, but you did describe it as being actual food that had thought put into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's clearly more healthy than poutine. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) By virtue of just not being poutine. Yeah. So is moussaka like thought to be something that you should have 
to for drunkenness? Like, is it a drunk food? I don't know. Because otherwise, I don't I don't see the parallel. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. So I know Play the Mind is one of our Patreon supporters, Alex, um, who I know from improv. Uh, he is both French Canadian and Greek. Ah. Uh, so I think that for him, it's like, oh, these are two staple foods of his cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but does he see know. them as like being an equivalent? Like, I, I mean, the only link I can see between them sometimes moussaka is made well yeah that's it the potatoes (laughs) but that's the strongest one sometimes moussaka is made with um like there's like cream in the potatoes like it's mixed together Mm -hmm. uh which is can kind of you know that sounds replace the cheese curds and then if there's ground beef in it that kind of replaces the gravy that's sort of the link that i see between that's uh that last one was a hard sell i mean gravy is meat juice (laughs) but one is a liquid one is a solid well yeah I mean, <laughs> with moussaka, the potatoes are usually kind of mashed as opposed to like fries. Are they? I in my experience, I don't know. <laughs> this is why the reason I say moussaka is bullshit. It's not that it's not tasty. It's just that it's so inconsistent as to what it actually mm. is across cultures. Even the name comes from a Greek version of an Arabic word. <laughs> Because okay. the Greeks were like, this is good. What is this called? <laughs> Let's just make our own version of it. But touching upon that, mm. you say that moussaka is inconsistent. Yeah. As somebody who's lived in Montreal all his life, poutine can be pretty inconsistent. I mean, the, the core ingredients of poutine are understood. No, completely. Fries, but you can cheese. mess it up real bad. But there are also sure. like a lot of variations. You can get a poutine that's almost anything. Exactly. Yeah. But but if you go to a place and ask for a default poutine. Yeah. It, there's understood what it is. Yeah. Like but it might people not be will tell you like, you can get a Philly steak poutine and you know to expect that it's at base a poutine, but also they're going to fuck it up with some, you know, beef and cheese sauce. Right. <laughs> God, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> You're an animal. I'm, I am an animal. <laughs> All I can think of is spinikopita, which is delicious and I want some now. Yeah. And that's different. Yeah, it's a that's whole probably different... healthier than poutine. What? Maybe it, it sounds like moussaka, like quantifiably. It sounds like there are vegetables in it. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> Some people do put like peas in their poutine. I've seen I that. Don't what? Think that counts. I know. <laughs> what? I mean, it's wrong, but they do. No, it. it's horrible. Yeah. It... Are these people your friends? No. Okay. Go- good. Good. Kidding. <laughs> I don't make friends with pea people. <laughs> pea people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would assume that moussaka is probably healthier than poutine. Just on the assumption that, like, it's not poutine. Yeah. And poutine is, like, not good for you. It's delicious and sinful. Ooh, so good. I think poutine is better than moussaka, but I think moussaka is healthier than poutine. That's fair. And that correlation usually checks out for most food pairings. Yeah. See, I, I think that, well, healthier is out of the question. Like, I, I think poutine in its base is in a classification of drunk foods. Yeah. And 100%. I think the the greatest of all drunk foods is pad kimao. What is pad kimao? It is a Thai noodle dish. But you wouldn't know that because there's terrible Thai food in Montreal. <laughs> Adrian is on vendetta us. against Montreal's food culture. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Not a fan, are we? I think what you guys do, you do very well. And there's a gaping hole of other things. <laughs> I think you should all just step off. <laughs> Is what really is happening here. You, you know when we were having nachos at the pub last week, David? Yes. And they were, yeah, They were all right. They were all right. I finally understood a little while ago, Adrian was saying that nachos in Montreal are garbage. Mm-hmm. And after eating that plate of nachos, I was like, oh, I get it. 
but what was it about the nachos that made them garbage the so we went to the old orchard <laughs> shout out to them yeah. <laughs> they're shitty nachos i eat them all the time but they're <laughs> shitty they're still very satisfying i, I love the old orchard yeah <laughs> um, but the the salsa was I, it never bothered me until you said it mm-hmm. and now i can't untaste it mm-hmm. it's just a sweet marinara yep I didn't like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. It's too sweet. I like a spicy salsa. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, that would be salsa. I'm going yeah. to ask you a question. <laughs> sure. At any point, did you ask the wait staff being like, hey, do you guys have spicy salsa? No. I want the default to be exactly what I want or I'm going to complain about it. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> but I see how it is. I have been to the Old Orchard many, many times and they have never had an option. I like this is... The asked? default for for salsa should not be sweet marinara. That's yeah. just a different sauce. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they keep the good stuff for those who ask, because only those who help themselves truly get what they deserve. I mean, I'd be willing to believe that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I suspect they have a good hot sauce there. <laughs> and the chef is just there with the pot waiting. It's like maybe today. There's no way they Maybe. make that salsa. No, they they definitely <laughs> it comes do. In a bag, they do. It's frosting. a very small pot that the chef makes special for occasions <laughs> of people like asking, and he's just he's just waiting. <laughs> Wait, staff comes in. He's like, so so. Not not today, chef. Sweet marinara again. <laughs> Damn it! No. The, uh, the nacho situation here is. I had some. Okay, they, they were <laughs> all right. They were fine. They were satisfying, but we went with uh, the option to have chili put on them because I knew that was like the closest thing to not fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> In what world? <laughs> In what world is adding chili to your nachos the closest thing to not fucking them up? Because at least it's not like sweet. At least it's like I'm gonna get chili, which will be a little bit spicy, and it'll be like a heavy sauce, and it'll be somewhere in the ballpark of like a taco season ground beef. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. I can get behind that. <laughs> I've definitely dipped a tortilla chip in some chili before and oh, been it's like, delicious. yeah, this is yeah, how it should no, be. It's, yeah. It's great. I made a great chili the other night. Mm. It was a chicken chili. It was wonderful, and I enjoyed it, and I was satisfied. That's all you can ask for in life. Uh, I mean, yeah. you can definitely ask for more. Yeah, you should ask for more. <laughs> it's very low standards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be curious. So, so poutine is drunk food. I think of moussaka as like a like a party food, not a party food. A, um, I mean, it's like any casserole. It's a food you bring to a, you know, the word event. <laughs> Not an event specifically. Family gathering? Place where Church basement? Reunion? Everyone, everyone brings food. A Shit. potluck. A potluck. There uh. we go. <laughs> Dang, Tom. Shit, I just Kate you... Bradley'd myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, yeah, I feel like moussaka is like a potluck food because I've only ever had it at like events with shared meals, shared dishes. Okay, that, that makes sense. My answer was going to be, uh, which now your answer is right and mine is wrong. Uh, was going to be at respectfully at somebody else's house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, right? Because I would never make it. I would never buy it. I would never go to a restaurant and order it. Hmm. Because again, what we're is all it? thinking it. <laughs> Sounds like moose caca. I wouldn't order that. No one's thinking I'm an ignoramus <laughs> and I'm also stupid. And I'm, I'm also not going to order food that sounds like poop. I just, I feel like. There's never a context where I'm at a restaurant that serves moussaka where moussaka is what I want. It's like any other Mediterranean food, 
there's something I want more than moussaka yeah. on that menu. Yeah. I think I would order it. Because I'm not so well versed in, in Greek food that I wouldn't be like I, putting the kibosh on anything. <laughs> but uh, what is it? Um, saganaki? Is that it's that flaming cheese? It's like a really salty cheese, and they set it on fire. Oh, it's real good. <laughs> I've never heard of this, but I'm into it. Yeah, it's Tom real and I good. just looked at each other with the light <laughs> fire in our eyes. Let's get some burnt cheese together soon. Let's get some burnt cheese together soon. <laughs> it's a that little flambe. Really good. It's it's great. Huh. Yeah, I like that idea. So you just gotta explore the the Greek cuisine. Hmm. I will say though, if moussaka is on the menu. And has the exact description as Tom put it to me. What moussaka is. Bunch of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) If they were that open and honest about it, I'd be like, I see what you're doing, menu. I might give you a try. (laughs) I see you. I feel like they could probably market it as a junk food. It definitely feels like something that you could, but I've just never seen it as that. And so I'm like, well, it's it's not trying hard enough, so I don't want it. Am I wrong in thinking that it's like a ratatouille? I I think it's... It's it's like a lasagna, texture-wise. <laughs> but without noodles. Without noodles. So that's, yeah, yeah so still nothing, nothing like, like a lasagna. lasagna. But in terms of, like, <laughs> like consistency and it's, like, layered. Like a layered So, like, a strata? Yeah. Or a ratatouille. I, I think of ratatouille <laughs> as, or like, strata. a stew. Isn't a ratatouille, like, a, it's, like, a layered Egg casserole of, of vegetables? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like dude. It's, like so. a, it's not soupy? I'm going to have to watch that movie again, but that's what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Weird. Maybe I... Oh, I'm thinking of Ragu. I'm an idiot. (laughs) You know Ragu, that Disney mouse? (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) My favorite. I love Disney mouse. I think that's where Ratatouille really shot itself in the foot, is that they already had a mouse. He's always going to be the second mouse. Yeah. The lesser mouse. He's going to hit that mouse ceiling. (laughs) Never going to break through. Wait, there were several mice, weren't there? Cinderella has some mice. Cinderella has some mice. There was the great mouse detective. Which is the best mouse. Yeah. Don't forget about uh, Fievel, an American tale. Not Fievel goes west. Not, di- not Disney. That's, oh, that's too true. dark to be Disney. That's true. <laughs> um, Nim wasn't Disney, wasn't it? No, no that, that's that, actually the same guy as Fievel. Oh, okay. Shit. Too dark <laughs> to Bluth. be Disney. Don Bluth, right. Um... Yeah, I don't remember if there are any more my nieces. But Probably. I don't think there's any movie that, like, the lead character is a mouse. Um, Stuart Little. Well. <laughs> also not Disney, but... Also Stuart Little, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to throw you for a, a crazy ride here. Stuart Little 3. Really? Lost in New York. Probably. <laughs> I just assumed. Is that Home Alone 3? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think it's Home Alone 2. <laughs> Die Hard 3, Lost in New York. With Stuart Little. Take Lost three. in New York with a vengeance. <coughs> I just died a little. Yep. yep. Oh, man. So if you had to, if you had to guess which would be healthier... I mean, probably the moussaka, right? Because I don't know what's in it. And you know what? <laughs> if I don't know what's in it, it's probably healthier because of sheer ignorance. No. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's it. I feel like there's no way that poutine can be the healthier option. Because as long as you don't know what's going into your body, it can't affect you negatively. Right. Well, and wh- That's wh- why closing your eyes when, and closing your nose when you're eating food helps because you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what Omar is all about, right? Yeah. What? Plus, <laughs> that blind restaurant where you oh. go in and you're blind? Yeah. I went there, I Instagrammed it, and I was really 
pleased with myself. <laughs> you, just so, you went, yeah. so you really just went into a dark room and took a picture of nothing. Yeah. But just, it was actually probably your closet and or possibly under some sheets. I'm sure I'm the 900th person to do it, but I, it just tickled me. There's uh, there's an Onoir near the theater. I do not want to get tickled if I go to Onoir. Ooh, no. That's a bad. You know what the, the beauty of Onoir is? Um, and for those who are listening, if you don't know, it's one of those dark restaurants where you uh, it's pitch black and the, the wait staff is blind and um, you can't see anything. Is that true or do they just say that? I think it's true. I assume that's true. Yeah. But I don't think you could be. just say that because somebody's going to follow up. <laughs> Either way, the wait staff are really good at serving you in the dark. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, but the, the glorious thing is if you're blind, you can't see. But if you're in the dark, no one can see you. <laughs> so you could just sit there and make faces you can like play with your food <laughs> you can so is this how you want should you I, I don't know but i did would you order moussaka at, at a blind restaurant that, so it's, it's very hard to use silverware when you can't see it oh so is Onwar really just a place for me to emulate what my life would be like without shame yeah <laughs> It's a shame-free dining experience. Oh my god! Yeah. I there's there is one near the improv theater, um, but they have a bar on the downstairs level that's fully lit and right. with windows, so you can see from the outside. And every time I walk by, I think, "What if this restaurant is a lie? <laughs> what if the rest of the restaurant is also like this, and you don't find out until you go in and order?" And the waiters are like, "Nah, that's just that's just publicity. This is what we tell people, <laughs> don't tell anyone." <laughs> Here, sign this NDA. Yeah, I've been there. They, it is in the dark. <laughs> and yeah, there are things that you don't really think about that like silverware. It's very hard to make a judgment of A, where to stab it mm. and B, the distance to your face when you're trying to put it in your mouth. So you end up choking up really far onto the people pay for this. <laughs> I'm thinking about it more and more. And I'm like, there's no way you can actually physically gauge where your food is on your plate unless your hand is just like all up in it. You I think you have to touch, touch the whole plate first. They, they make exactly. things um, kind of a little bit easier to, if you gave up and ate with your hands, you could. Mm. So I think a moussaka probably would not be on the menu. Unless it's What if cold. I got like soup dough? Well, you can eat that with your hands. Yeah. That's a bad idea. <laughs> well, you could pick up the bowl, and t- but I don't remember there being soup. I don't trust myself to do that. They must have soup. Every restaurant has soup. Well, it's like a, a fixed thing. So you order mm. like first, course, second. I don't remember if they had a soup or not. <laughs> That's right. I assume you order pre- the before, like you. They before sit you, you go in, yes. Okay, so I <laughs> want to imagine. That's why it's lit in the bar. This is why <laughs> that makes so well, much sense. I want to imagine that they sit you, you, you're at the menu. You're it's fully lit, and you're like, all right, I want this, I want that, I want that. And they're like, all right, cool. Well, you want this, that, and this. Okay, they sit you down. They go in the dark. You're like, oh, I can't see. They sit you down. They come out with menu. You're like, here's your menu. And you're just sitting there like, what? Huh? Just kidding. <laughs> we just like to play around. How so, anxious would you be if I they gave not. you a menu? I couldn't do it. I don't think I could eat there because I'd be worried the whole time that someone would spill water on something. I'm sure it happens constantly. Yeah, but I don't like being on spill water. Well, what they do is they, they give you a placemat and they tell you to feel to the end of it. And that's how you know where your glasses are and mm. stuff. Like they give you some some coaching on how to do it, but I also the the reason that they have a dimly lit bar outside is that when you exit, your eyes have been in the dark for like two hours. Uh. So 
if you were just to walk outside in the daytime, I think you would be blinded and fall yeah. down. Hey, Tom, after this, you want to go to Noir? No. Okay. <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> Guys, if you want to go to bed, rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. It's the only way for people to find out about us. And you know what? To sweeten the deal, uh, every new review that comes in that you send me a screenshot over Twitter at Tom Zalatni, uh, from now till the end of January or the end of February, I'm going to donate a dollar to know, some charity. I'll decide later. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a bunch of ratings and reviews. Cause I think that's like a fun idea. Um, you can subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. We're on most of them and share this episode with a friend who, uh, you think has a beautiful voice. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and also with a friend who you think has a bad voice. And don't, don't tell, tell them. them. <laughs> you can follow the show on Twitter at Down With Talking and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalat and I. I'm at Boxless Thoughts. Uh, and David's at Johan Denora. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does anyone have any shows to play this week? Oh, I'm I'm doing a Dostoevsky thing on uh, on Sunday at the Montreal Improv Theater. Uh, it, it's uh, Edmund. If if uh, you are familiar with the Montreal Improv community, uh, is going to read excerpts from Dostoevsky, and we are going to goof on them. Sweet, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like fun. Um, I don't have any shows of my own, but I do want to plug uh, Crackers and Jam. Have a show this Saturday night uh, at Pity Campus. You guys should go. I'll be there. And uh, listen to Joe Frank. Yeah. I'm going to plug posthumously. Yeah. (laughs) The paywall is worth it. (laughs) David, you got anything to plug? I got not a thing. Not a thing. Special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. This show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, for the Upford Network. You can find out about all our great shows at upfordnetwork.com. David, thanks for coming. I, t- I hated it. Thank you. Honestly, it. thank you. <laughs> you it would have just been the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the two of us last week, yeah. oh, which okay. was good and fun. But I thought, we can't have a two for two weeks in a row. Tom's lying. He didn't want to be alone in a room with me after that. Adrian scares me. <laughs> That's fair. I, I accept the, the that as an answer. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see ya. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come to see you. Who I say now, Benson. Benson. Joe.